What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to Center of Attention. I'm going to let that one play out a little bit. I want to get to the chorus of this song, just because it's basically been my life for, let's see, about three weeks, I guess last week and this week and the next week. Uh, been getting scheduled for 48 hours a week, so here we go. I, I've been trying to work for the weekend. I just don't get a weekend. I get a day um, with the way that the schedule is set up currently. Which is weird because we are told that we weren't supposed to be able to have overtime. I could, <clears throat> I'll probably get into it a little bit later. Work hasn't been the most fun place for me the last few days. Basically the last week and a half or so. There's a lot of other stuff going on. I mean... Or end of July, we're halfway through 2020, what has been one of the longest years I can remember. I, I was alive for Y2K, but I didn't get to experience the sheer amount of panic that everybody had surrounding everything possibly shutting down. Ha, that, that is kind of funny that that ended up happening, but um, <clears throat> we got that going on. Cam Newton's a Patriot which isn't as big of a deal as I think some people are making it out to be, but we'll talk about that still. Um, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of work drama that's going on. Happy 4th of July, everybody. I know this is coming out before the 4th of July, but I won't be able to talk to you guys then. So get to celebrate the Independence Day of this great country, and I hope that you guys have a barbecue and have a couple beers for me because I will be at work at a grocery store and if you've ever worked in a grocery store then you understand why I say it that way as you probably are hearing the dogs tumble down the stairs trying to get out. Uh, it was about 9.30 on Thursday recording this before I go into work for the day. Um, but yeah, then uh, we'll, we'll see. There's some new stuff. I don't really want to talk a whole bunch about the coronavirus but some new stuff that are, that's coming out around it. Things are closing back down. Arizona might be going back on full lockdown. Um, but yeah, we'll figure it all out. Just just glad that I get to sit down here for however long this episode is going to be. And we get to talk it out a little bit. Um, I guess we can start. Hmm. I guess we'll start with the work thing. And my problem with what's been going on may it might might seem like it's trivial or it doesn't really matter or you know well you can be the judge of that in your own time but i think coming from the place of authority well technical authority when i was an ra and i was still a student but i technically had more say over what people could or couldn't do i'd say that's kind of a management position being a manager at the radio station I've coached young kids in middle school, um, and just the way that I was as a teammate all kind of rolled together into this little, I would say, how I'd normally conduct myself around people in my life. Um, I've always been more of a natural leader. I kind of just stick out. My thing is, if I can do it, then everybody else should be able to do it because I wasn't gifted naturally with some of the things that these other people are 
Um, if I'm going to put myself through it, you should have to put yourself through it. That makes total sense for me if, if I am, the, in fact, the one in charge. I don't see the benefit in tearing somebody down completely or telling them that they just suck without giving them an explanation as to why what they did sucked or giving some other explanation as to what is going on. Alright, we took a little pause there because the dogs had to come downstairs to eat. While we had that little pause, I forgot to mention it at the beginning of the episode, please follow the social medias at COAPod73 on Twitter, at Jimmy Pilato, uh, on Instagram at Proud underscore WAP, TikTok at Jimmy Pilato. Please subscribe, like, rate, review, share this podcast wherever you listen so that we can grow the fan base a little bit more. Uh, I think that's it. Um, anyways, what I was talking about with work. So my management style, my theory is why would you just go and tell somebody that they suck at their job or just go tell somebody that they're not doing it correctly? Why wouldn't you explain to them at least the first time why what they did was wrong and how they could fix it? The other thing is, is I haven't been completely trained. I've been trained as to what I've had to deal with so far. There's still plenty of things that I have to ask questions about because they just decided that it wasn't important for me to know right away or they just didn't think about whether or not they should tell me about it. Last week, we had, well, two weeks ago, we had one of our managers just walk out in the middle of the shift. He was our closing manager. He worked most afternoons. He was the one who helped make sure that the store was ready to open the following day. He walked out last Tuesday Last Sunday, we had somebody no-call, no-show. So that left me and one other person there to close down the store, and that's it. And I was the one who was out on the floor trying to stock everything. Well, the other person that was there, he normally works in the back. He's good with the pallet jack, and he makes sure that we have everything that we need wherever we need it um, as much as he can. So that was the agreement that we had between the two of us was that he would do that, I would stock, and we would just get as much done as possible. My manager, my head manager, also told me, stay as long as you need to to get this done. Which is nice because at the store, with the union that we are under, if we work over eight hours in a day, it's automatically time and a half. I only stayed, ended up staying like 30 minutes late that day. But I was still given the opportunity to earn a little bit of overtime, give myself enough time to try and make this store look as nice as possible. And I wanted to because I'm competitive. I like being told that I've done something well. And I wanted to make sure and see if I could, if I did this right, if I know what I'm supposed to do. Um, and, and I ended up having the day off after that. <clears throat> I come back following day, and I'm closing again, and I'm t- told how awful the close was the night before. So the night that I didn't work, person that no called no showed came back, didn't ended up doing not a great job closing. Morning had to make up the slack getting told all of this told once again stay as late as you need to so that we can get everything done i do i end up staying an hour past what i was supposed to about an hour and 15 maybe stocked everything that i saw apples avocados tomatoes peppers literally everything that i saw that was low and that i could stock i did come back the next morning or not the next morning come back the next afternoon 
don't get told whether it was a good job or not just start working we're kind of busy uh, we go till about five o'clock and then as the manager's leaving for the day hey yeah make sure you close better tonight because last night was horrible just walks out it shouldn't bother me the way that it did but it does because he waited till the last second to be able to tell me that I didn't do a good close and then he made sure that it was in a situation where he couldn't stop and tell me what I did wrong just that I sucked and should close better the next time and that's kind of what spurred this coming on I kind of felt it a little bit before too that I wanted to get out of there um, the promotion that I was expecting to get is taking a little bit longer and at this point, I'm working minimum wage with a college degree. Retail, which if you've worked retail, you know sucks because the hours are whenever you want to be home with your family. That's why I say have a beer for me on 4th of July because I'll be working. Uh, so I'm looking into other opportunities and we'll see what comes with that. Nothing happened. Nothing's happened yet, but there are some promising signs about that. And that would I'd come in at a higher rate of pay. I'd have more responsibility. I could take this experience and possibly maneuver it to my next career choice. This would be one of my first tech, quote-unquote, big boy jobs. <clears throat> but, um, just continue to put my head down, continue to do the work that I know I'm supposed to do. I've been closing pretty much every day since. I think the closes have looked pretty good every day that I have closed. Yeah, I, I go around and ask the other people that are there at the end of the, at the store, by the time that I'm ready to go home and I ask them hey does this look good and granted they don't work in produce every day but everybody says that it looks like inviting that it wasn't wouldn't be too much work for the people the next day to open up um, so I, I do that work up until Tuesday I had Tuesday off come back yesterday at 4 in the morning because I was gonna be the one who works the wet wall which is the wall with the misters and the vegetables and all those kinds of things. And it's a big job because it is that that job produce is more about how more about aesthetics than I think a lot of the other departments in the store where everything has to look a certain way and um, I completely understand that. I got there at 4. I would say probably by 8. I had the wall looking pretty good had some things that I was still trying to finish up. We happened to get a truck load that I don't know if we were expecting or I don't know if it was bigger than we were expecting, but we had to go back to the receiving area, get the pallet of corn, and we had three double pallets of watermelon, which doesn't make any sense because we had plenty of watermelon to begin with. <clears throat> I go back there with a pallet. I help our manager move the stuff to our department and then at that point, I was to move out the old watermelon boxes that we had, put in the new ones, take what was in the old ones, put it in the new ones, and then take everything back to where it could be taken care of and out of the way of the department. I started this probably 7.45, 8. Um, watermelons are heavy to move. I was able to get them out, move the old ones back to the new box. Everything looked good. Took took the box back to the baler room, uh, broke it down, put it in the baler, come back, probably about 10 o'clock, 
that's how long this whole entire process took. But it was I was doing something that my manager told me that I needed to do. He wanted me to get the watermelon moved and all that kind of stuff, get everything situated. So I go and, and I do that, and I think I do a pretty good job because the watermelon looks pretty good. I don't know if anybody else would have been able to move the things that we needed to move that was there. He had other help. wasn't like he was the only person there. We had two other people that were working. So I took on the big project with the heavy stuff, and I did that. Um, and then I go, it's 10 o'clock, I got there at 4, so I'm already two hours past the time that I was supposed to take my lunch break. <clears throat> so I go back there, I'm going to tell him that I'm going to go on lunch. I open the door to go into our back room, and he tells me that this wall looks horrible. we got to get back on this. <clears throat> As if he didn't know that I was doing the task that he had given me not 10 minutes before. Or not, not 10 minutes, but he gave me two hours ago that took me that long. And he knows that it takes that long because even if he would have done it, granted he's worked in it for 30 years so he might have a trick up his sleeve, but it's a it's a tough job. I had probably, there's 45 watermelons that come in each box. I had probably 25 watermelons left in one and 13 left in the other. And they're three pounds each. I put them in a shopping cart, wheel them from one to the other, all that kind of stuff. And then I got to take the empty pallets and the empty box all the way to the back room in the baler. So it's not like I'm just wasting time. <clears throat> so that pissed me off again yesterday. And it... From the people that I've talked to, it's probably my fault because I don't ask what is going on or ask questions about myself, don't defend myself. Because um, I had every right in me to go, well, I was doing the other task that you assigned me to do. And I know that this has now fallen off, but... I was pissed off at the moment, didn't think about doing that because I would have said something that I probably would have would have regretted. I have a mouth on me, I'm not going to lie. If you talk about talk to me, you know that I um I kind of shoot off at the mouth a little bit. I have a little bit more of a temper than I think most people realize. So I didn't say anything. And um yeah, so yesterday was kind of a, a rough day. I really hope I get a call back from this other job at some point. They're a little bit behind, and it is a short week. Today's the last day of the week for most places. Um, so I'm I'm planning on, anyways, at this point, working there for another three weeks. But I've noticed that it's not just that manager. It's from the top down. I don't think that he was really thinking that the wall looked as bad as it did. I had a couple holes because of stuff that I didn't know about. Because again, it was my first. Uh, that was my first time actually doing the entire thing. He's normally come in and helped me on the days that I've done the wall earlier. <clears throat> but he had just gotten shit from the store manager and the assistant store manager about not having all of his stuff done because we had this extra load that I don't think anybody was expecting. So then, the biggest problem at this store, and I think the biggest problem why this store runs with it, it does. And it's King Supers 110 in Highlands Ranch off Quebec. I would highly recommend you do not go get your groceries there. Um, especially coming from the one that I, I have, I, that we used to use when we lived a little bit different of an area. Uh, the one off Bellevue is a lot better, a lot nicer, a lot bigger, runs smoother. Um, this one is not that. This one, you have to fight tooth and nail to try and get help from anybody. Um... It's normally fairly dirty, normally don't know where anything is, there's pallets all over the place, people are taking 
all day to stock stuff and it's mainly because we don't have enough employees but we also are all a union so everybody's taking breaks when they need to and then I think that it's also the main management of the store I mean <clears throat> she praises people who makes her look good and that's it she wants you to treat her like she is the queen and if you do that then you're good no matter if you do your job well or not if you treat her like she is on another level than you she'll like you but if you don't she's kind of kind of mean kind of nasty she she has no managerial etiquette anyways some of the conversations that she's had with people in the store are a little bit iffy she sucks she kisses ass she sucks up to the main bosses very well we had a corporate walkthrough a few weeks ago and she kissed a lot of ass that day and apparently it worked because they thought the store looked great even though they didn't see her go Joseph Stalin on us for the week leading up to that walk and then uh, she said that all the corporate bosses really like her so we're going to get more walkthroughs all the time which I don't understand why they would do that I don't think that it makes sense why they go to the store because we are right off the highway, but we can't do that much in sales every day. I think a good portion of everybody of the sales of the store is produce because we just have a lot of people that go through a lot of traffic through through that department every day. <clears throat> but when she sees something wrong at that store, the management style that I can, the best way that I could put the management style is shit rolls downhill. So if you're at the top and you find something wrong you go bitch at whoever you know is in charge of doing that thing wrong and then that manager bitches at somebody else and it continues on down the line steamrolls really badly I think that's what happened yesterday because the manager and the assistant store manager were telling the produce manager my boss how shitty of a job he had done getting the store ready and how this wasn't ready and this wasn't right and there's no signs here you don't have the right things here and we don't have enough people necessarily that work in the department to make sure that everything is ready all the time. Really, what we need, we need three people in the morning, maybe four people in the morning, three people at night, and we need a couple mid-shifters to help keep everything stocked up, especially on busy days. At this point, we have enough, I think there's seven people in the department total, one manager, an assistant manager, and then five of us. Um, just crew members all of us are scheduled for over 48 hours or for, we, all of us are scheduled for over 40 hours I think except for one person which is weird because we were just told on Sunday at the store that there's no more overtime whatsoever um, but it's the store manager doesn't seem to think that that is a problem that we don't have enough people to get everything done she also doesn't give a shit, I don't think, because it makes her look bad, so that pisses her off. And she bitches out the assistant store manager. The assistant store manager bitches out my manager. My manager then tells me I'm horrible and I'm worthless. So there's a whole, it's systemic, and it's, it's upsetting. I really don't want a promotion at the store at that point because all I'm going to do is contribute to the line of bullshit that's been going on throughout that store. I don't. I wouldn't have enough power to be able to change anything. We just got a new district manager. Hopefully he's able to change some things. But he already hates our store too. He thinks that everybody who works there is a jackass. And he's only been in there once, I think, for like 20 minutes. But that tells you what kind of people we have working at the store. It tells you what kind of environment we have of people who work at the store. I think that it's 
poor in both respects. <clears throat> and I know that my family all works there and we do our best, but <clears throat> there's a lot more people who work there than just us. And um, who, who, who the fuck knows? I mean, at this point, I really don't enjoy going into work. I'm going to continue to go into work because... I don't have the other job lined up yet. I haven't gotten an offer for that job. I don't have a start date. Once I have a start date, I might go down there at midnight or whenever. I might go in there at 5 o'clock in the morning and drop off my two weeks notice because I am ready to get out of there. I've tried retail twice now. I actually really enjoy being a cashier way more than I enjoy working on the floor. And that's something that I thought. I didn't think that I enjoyed being a cashier when I was originally doing it at Target. No, I, I kind of enjoy that. But the main thing about retail that I don't like is the hours. Because I got spoiled the last two summers working a uh, business schedule. So Monday through Friday, nine to eight, like 8 to 4.30, 9 to 5-ish. Um, I got spoiled during that, and I really enjoy that. I, ha I enjoy having a weekend. I don't enjoy having to possibly be called in whenever. So that's my main problems with the job. It's not that... I feel like I'm better than it. There's a lot of people who are very successful who work at grocery stores, retail stores all of their life. My mom has a lot of experience at retail stores. She enjoys it. She's really good at it. Um, <clears throat> I, it's just not something that I'm, I really enjoy. It's not something that I want to do for much longer. I'm glad that I got the opportunity to work there. I've been able to make a lot of payments on my credit card, paid off all the interest on my credit card, so now I'm just paying off the balance, which is great been able to put a lot of money in savings and I still I mean I'm learning a lot I enjoyed the work that I'm doing I enjoy a couple of the co-workers that I have um, it's just <clears throat> every now and then it gets to me and I had one of those days yesterday where I was just not having it probably spurred on by the fact that I got to the store at four o'clock in the morning and then not being able you know to not defending myself when I probably should have was a bad idea. So that's kind of the update on everything that's going on in my life personally. Working out at least every other day, trying to, uh, probably Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, that's the timeline that I'll give that I like to go work out at. Um, been doing that a lot. Dropped about five pounds. Look a lot different than I did when I came home. I got kind of squishy being out in Gunnison by myself, not really having a whole bunch of motivation to continue to work out by myself. But now that's changed. Um, yeah, it's, it's all going in the right direction. And I got a lot of amazing things that I think are going to come down the line. <clears throat> I recently reached out to one of the play-by-play -play people for Colorado State University, their football and basketball games about maybe getting in as like a board operator um, and he messaged me back says he doesn't work for the station but they might be looking for a studio host and possibly a board op and he's gonna he'd be willing to pass my information along so I sent him my resume my portfolio all that kind of stuff we'll see what happens there if there is a um, season this upcoming year And there's, you know, some other things that have been going well. I'm not going to say that it's all been bad. We've got our party coming up July 25th. That's going to be fun. Um, 
invite only. If you've seen the invite, if you've gotten the invite on Facebook, then you're able to come. Or if you get the invite in the mail, some not so great stuff going on in in life too. It's kind of how it works. But you know, my mom's been going through some stuff that is not super fun. Got a lot of things on my mind. A little bit stressed about everything. Just kind of working through working through the summer. It's going to be weird. It's going to be a transition not going back to school at the end of the summer, but I think I'm getting ready for that. That's why I want to get this office job so I can be on a little bit more regular of a timeline, and then I'll be able to do what I need to do, possibly save up some money. Um, been going on a couple of dates with a new girl. Not necessarily my girlfriend yet, but we've had a lot of fun on the dates that we've been on, and that's been great. Um... So, yeah, I think the main thing that I'm taught, I, I say all of this to bring up the point is that you got to focus on the good. You can't just dwell on the bad. And that's what I was doing for a little bit. I did that yesterday morning for a good while. I got into a, a screaming match with my mom, which makes me upset because, like I said, she's going through a lot of different things. And um, I don't necessarily want to add any more to her plate with everything that's going on. So I was upset that that happened, but... I had just been pushed to my limit yesterday, and I was ready to not... I was ready to just walk out. I haven't done that to, on any other job, but I was ready at that point to just walk out of the store. I was glad that we aren't allowed to have any overtime because I was able to just leave, didn't have to say goodbye to anybody or ask if I could do anything else. I don't have to do that anyways, but that's just the way that I am. Um, but yeah, all I'm saying, don't dwell on everything don't don't dwell on all the bad that's happening always try and find some positive in your life whether it's small but if you count a small win at first you'll be able to continue on and find some bigger wins when i had to close down the store by myself with the no call no show i was telling myself just find a win just find a win and it makes no sense or it might sound seem a little bit trivial but i picked out as many cases of strawberries that i needed to fill the case that I was at, and I was like, okay, that's a win, and then I move on to the blackberries, did that with them, okay, that's a win, maybe I am able to do this job, maybe I am learning, and just rolled on from there, and able to finish out the job, and I thought I thought we did a pretty good job at that point. Um, moving on, we'll talk about some sports topics going on. I think the main, main one is Cam Newton, and People went crazy when this first came on the scene because they thought that it was, he was now going to be the starter for the Patriots right away. I put out a tweet earlier in the week that actually got me some heat from some of my friends. Um, I'll read that for you. Just in case you don't follow me on Twitter like you all should, at Jimmy Pilato. I try and make some funny, funny tweets and I also try and share my opinion on some stuff trying to stay out of the toxicity and everything else that's been going on. That's a little bit difficult, but here's here's the tweet that I released. Um, this was three days ago, and it is Thursday, so it would have been Monday night after Cam Newton is signed with the New England Patriots. <clears throat> Guys, there was a reason Cam Newton was available to go to the Patriots in the first place. He doesn't have the drive to be a winner in the NFL, once adversity shows, he turns his tail and runs. If he plays this season, it will be because Siddham is hurt or they are out of the playoffs. He's not a savior for the franchise, and Brady isn't turning it over to him. He's a glorified backup, and that's it. 
A couple people that I talked to thought that this was a pretty extreme take on what's been going on. You know, Cam is coming off. He's been an MVP of the league in the past five years. But that was also five years ago. We all know how that ended up in Super Bowl 50 when he gets strip-sacked in the first quarter, doesn't dive for the ball, and kind of just gives up at the end of that. During the press conference, just walks out because the reporter asked him a question that kind of pisses him off. I stand behind the fact that I said he's not a winner in the NFL, doesn't have the demeanor to be a winner in the NFL, and he will always turn turn and run away from adversity. I think that the contract that he got with the Patriots also states this. And here's the other thing that you have to think about with the Panthers. There, there's a lot that I'm going to get to. There's There's many layers to this story. We'll start off with the fact that he's coming from the Carolina Panthers, who last year... When he got hurt, had to play with Kyle Allen and Will Greer. And those two, as much as I love Will Greer, and I thought he was really funny back on Vine, and his brother made it big off of Vine. <clears throat> and he was fun to watch in college. I just don't know if he's going to be a good pro quarterback. They're not starters in the NFL. Nowhere near as good as Cam Newton. Um, and I say that having said all of the negative things that I have about him. They didn't even want to re-sign Cam to the league minimum. And they didn't have a quarterback last year. So that tells you something there, that they didn't want him back. They did sign Teddy Bridgewater, but you still could have kept Cam on a minimum deal if he truly wants to play, I think that he's going to have to prove himself that he can stay healthy for an entire season and that he's able to win in the NFL again. His problem that you, you're, I don't think you're going to see with Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray is that when he runs, he's 6'5 and 260. So he thinks that he can run over everybody in the league, and he gets hurt a lot because of that. <clears throat> the other thing that, uh, that I think people were blowing out of proportion on this is that he is not there to be the starting quarterback. He's getting paid a backup's contract. His contract for with the Patriots, one year, $1.05 million minimum base, and $550K guaranteed at signing. He's got up to $6.45 million in incentives and um, per-game roster bonuses, but he'd also the Patriots aren't restricting him to being there. They aren't trying to lock him up for longer than just a season. They're giving him a season. And I don't even think he's going to be the starter. I think that they're going to go with Stidham to see what they have in him. And if they don't have what they want in Stidham, then they'll put in Cam. But I also think if they don't have what they want in Stidham, they're going to try and shift more. I don't think that they're going to tank because I don't think that's in Bill Belichick's nature. But I think they're going to shift more to maneuvering into the draft and maybe draft Trevor Lawrence or get a quarterback at least in the next year. That is my feeling on what's going to happen. I don't think that... Newton was brought into Foxborough to be a player. I don't think he's going to play that much. I think he's there to give some guidance to a young quarterback. Um, and that's probably about it. I don't see it being for anything else. Patriots are getting a former MVP for less than they, than they, than many pay for a backup offensive lineman. That is a crazy contract to be giving a guy who, like I said, five years ago was an MVP. But I think all the people who are saying, who are 
putting out the memes of the AFC East as soon as Brady leaves and everybody's celebrating and then Patriots sign Cam Newton and all of a sudden everybody else in the division is crying. I think it makes it better. I think everybody else in the division hopes Cam Newton plays. We saw how abysmal New England's offense was last year and that was with Tom Brady. This is with a guy who's nowhere near as smart as Tom Brady and that's probably going to be taken in a racial way. It's not. He's just That's just what it is. Newton's never been a, the kind of quarterback that you bring in because he's super smart and can put you in the right situations no matter what. He's not a Peyton Manning where he's calling his own plays. He's not a Tom Brady where he's able to decipher defenses easily like that. He's a guy that wins based off his God-given nat- natural athletic ability. I would say the same thing if he was white. Anything like that. I think this is also part of the reason why people are going so so crazy about this. And people are going to be saying that he deserves to get a shot in the NFL because he's better than a lot of the backups that are probably going to get a chance to play. I think that he's on the same level as a lot of these backups. But with everything going on with Black Lives Matter movement and Colin Kaepernick and everybody exposing the NFL for their lack of freedom of speech that they allow... I think that he's probably going to get a push to play just because of all of that. And I think that's not right. I think the league should be merit-based. It's mainly not. There is still a lot of systemic racism in all of professional sports. But the league should be merit-based. If he's better than Stidham, if he beats Stidham out, if Stidham shows that he's not ready to play, then he should get a chance to go in and play. But he shouldn't be brought in and given the opportunity to start just because of the color of his skin and with everything going on in the climate of the country currently. I don't think that this really helps out the Patriots a whole bunch. I think their offense is still going to struggle. Um, still got a lot of young weapons that they got to be able to mesh. Edelman is getting older. Um, Edelman seems to think that Newton is coming in to be the starting quarterback, but also I wouldn't put any stock into what Edelman says. Edelman is more of a company guy than I think anybody. He's more of a Patriot than I think Bill Belichick. He is bought in hook, line, and sinker to everything that Bill Belichick has preached and taught him since he's been in New England, and he will say everything that the company is doing is the correct thing to be doing, and that's it. No no questions asked, no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's where I stand on that. That's my explanation for the harsh reaction that I had to Cam Newton. I don't think that it's a move that helps anybody out. I think that it's a move for a comp uh, a competent backup in a place that could possibly need one, but that's it. I still yeah, I don't think that it's going to be. I think a lot of people were blowing that out of proportion. Uh, let's see what else is going on in the world of sports. Oh, and just a little bit of an update because I know I talked about Bubba Wallace and the situation with the noose in the last couple episodes. It has come out that it wasn't a racist act. Um, The garage cord just so happened to be tied in the shape of a knot or of a noose. So that's at least good that at this point it doesn't look like it was hate-inspired and nobody was trying to hurt anybody. Um... That was my main concern is that if there was some, if the 
KKK or some other organization was trying to hurt somebody like Bubba Wallace, who is in a predominantly white sport as the only black competitor in that sport, I think that would have been um, a lot more than the country can handle. So that's good that that came out. The FBI released a statement saying that it wasn't hate-filled and that that rope had been, in it, had been there for a long time and it was just an unfortunate coincidence that it was tied in the shape of a noose. Whether or not you believe that, that's your prerogative. That's I'm going to go with what the FBI reported on um, at the moment until I've proven otherwise. Let's see. NBC News or USA Today for sports current events. Let's go USA Today. See what see what they have. Hmm. MLB Spring Training 2.0 gets underway. Uh, all the spring training is going to be at each team's facility now. They're not going to go to Arizona or Florida at the moment, which makes sense because those two states are kind of cesspools for the virus at this point, and who knows if they're going to be open for much longer. Um, I did see yesterday that Ian Desmond, uh, first baseman and kind of utility player for the Rockies, has come out and said that he's not going to be playing in this season because he wants to stay at Saras stay in Sarasota Springs and make sure that that Little League organization is able to continue and play because he wants to push the game for younger generations of players. <clears throat> Plus, he's got a wife who's pregnant and three young kids. So him going and trying to play in this season, given the risk of infection, probably isn't a good thing for him to do. So I kind of agree with that. Also, the sports analyst in me, if you're just looking at numbers, Ian Desmond not being in the Rockies lineup isn't going to hurt him all that much. It actually might bring their batting average up as a team because he struggled the last couple seasons in Colorado. So that makes me – it sounds bad, but it's actually not as bad as it, it seems. We're about a month away from the NBA starting, and uh, we'll have Nico Bryant back on the podcast to talk about um, what that is going to look like and who he thinks it favors most moving forward. Um, let's see. There's not a lot of top stories to talk about. Kobe was put on the uh, commemorative cover of NBA 2K21. That's kind of cool that he's doing that. They also put Zion on um, the next-gen cover. So they're pushing, on, they're pushing the next person that they want to be the main star uh, upon us, which, you know, however you feel about that is however you feel about that. They're also trying to make it so that the Pelicans have a decent shot at uh, sneaking their way into the playoffs. 
NBA restart. I'm only saying that they're trying to get the Pelicans in because of what I heard the other day. Oh, this is Boston. Let's see. New Orleans Pelicans. He started. Because if you remember, the NBA is going into like an eight-game regular season or however many-game regular season to see if the eight seeds shift around a little bit and then moving on to the playoff format with the, the top eight from each conference. Um, so when the NBA restarts, they will be playing Utah, the first game, Milwaukee, or actually that's Minnesota, and then so they'll go Utah, LA Clippers, which this is all, I'm going to say all the teams and then I'll explain why this is kind of skewed in, the, in favor of the Pelicans. Utah, LA Clippers, Memphis Grizzlies, Sacramento Kings, Washington Wizards, San Antonio Spurs, Kings again, then they finish with the Magic. Um, Utah and L.A., you can say, are going to be tough games for them to play, but you also got to remember that they're, there's no home court for either team. They're playing at a neutral site, and that kind of sways the balance of power back in favor of the Pelicans with the probably the most athletic, biggest, most dynamic star in the league in Zion Williamson. But then they also get to play, I mean, Memphis barely made it into this format. Sacramento, they play them twice. They barely made it into this format. Um, San Antonio is always tough, but they haven't been as good as they, they've been in the past. They lost a lot of their star powers. They're in a rebuilding phase. Um, and then Washington and Orlando are kind of hit and miss. But this... These one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games that the Pelicans are going to play before the playoff portion of this restart, very favorable for them to be able to move back up. And let's see. I kind of want to see where they were at now at the time of the pause on the league. The Pelicans were three and a half games out of the playoffs, tied with Portland, but three and a half games behind Memphis. So, I mean, they did. They would be one of the teams that did have a shot to kind of sneak back in if the season would have continued out. Um, it is a little bit strange that they are now playing a couple of the worst teams in the league and then possibly jumping back into the playoff picture. 
like I said, Nico and I will be discussing this a little bit more in detail um, on an upcoming episode. I just wanted to get that out there and say that the NBA knows who their next big star is going to be. They're going to push Zion down our throats like they did LeBron when he first came in. Which, I mean, if you have a cash cow, might might as well milk it for all it's worth. But, uh... Hmm. Let's just do current events. I typed in current events besides the coronavirus, but that was a mistake on my part because then it only gives you coronavirus stories. <clears throat> Let's do let's go back to the weird current events because we haven't done those in a while. Um, let's do let's go back to the strange news NPR because we've done that one before. Why America is losing the toilet race. This will be good. This is from February 25th, so it's a little bit old, but that is a hell of a headline. I didn't realize that there was a toilet race anyways. Um, oh, this was written by a reporter who just got back from his first trip to... Um, first trip to Japan. Fascinating... I just got back from my first trip to Japan, and I am now in love with the country. The ramen, the yakitori, and sushi, the gorgeous volcanoes, the fascinating people, and culture. But of all things I fell in love with, there's one that I can't stop thinking about. The toilets. Japanese toilets are marvels of technological innovation. They have integrated bidets, which squirt water to clean up your private parts. They have dryers and heated seats. Heated seats. Hmm. They use water efficiently, clean themselves, and deodorize the air so bathrooms actually smell good. What? I went to the wrong foreign country then. Because, I mean, in China, they don't even have seats. They just have holes in the ground that you squat over. Which I heard is actually better for you to take take dumps that way. Because when you're squatting all the way down like that in a catcher's crouch, it actually makes everything move a little bit smoother through your body. <clears throat> Not to turn this into the dump podcast, but the, I do. I find myself on the porcelain throne quite a bit, so I might as well talk about some of the innovations that could be made. I don't know about if I need the deodorizing the air, because that, honestly, that's kind of a. I would say that the smell is kind of a warning shot when you go in that you might not want to use that one for a while, or. If you are going to use it, be delicate with it, because who knows what has been in there and. Uh, what kind of clogging situation. Some even have built-in nightlights and music players. Music player is interesting. 
I have one. We have night lights that we put on our toilets, so that's not as impressive. Music players, if I could dump to its final countdown, that would be awesome. Eighty percent of homes have these in Japan. What kind of world do you live in where when you come back from Japan, who was a country we were we were at war with, by the way. I mean it was a while ago, but we were at a very at a war with. Basically decimated two cities of their country. Built up their economy though, since then. <laughs> then I, and then you come up what what kind of world do you live in when you're able to go to Japan and then come back and then you get paid to write this sentence or this series of sentences in a news article? Then I come back to the United States and toilets are stuck in the age of dirty coal mines and the horse and buggy. They basically have one feature, flush. No heated seats, no nice smells and sounds, no sanitizing blasts of liquid. It's like cleaning your dishes without water. It's gross and it got me thinking, why can't we have high-tech toilets too? <laughs> you know what this is? This is basically the teenager in high school who thinks that um, he's well off and then he has a buddy and he goes to their house and they have a gate, a butler. Well, Mom, why don't we have a butler? Son, we're working our asses off just to give you everything that you have. The butler would come a little bit later. I don't I don't understand. Honestly, I don't know if I would use a bidet if I had the bidet. I don't necessarily like stuff going there. Um, yeah, this, is, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by TMI. Um, so... Uh, yeah. What we should really be worried about is not the coronavirus, not making sure that we flatten the curve or keep the curve flattened or close everything back down. Reopen the bars, introduce all these Japanese toilets. That's my campaign for 2020. I'm not actually running, and who knows who actually is going to win. Um, but yeah, instead of worrying about everything else that's going on in the world, let's worry about these high-tech toilets. Let's get up on Japan's level. Stop pooping and then wiping it off with some paper. Let's go be able to poop to whatever soundtrack we want, have our bum, buns nice and heated when we do, and then when we're done, we can press for a jet stream of water to go right up our poop chute and clean it off. No dingleberries here. Uh, this is the no dingleberry zone on the podcast. Oh, let's see. Wow, and then he's going to bring economics into this. Economists spend a lot of time analyzing how and why technology spreads from one place to another. They call it technology diffusion, quote-unquote. One study looked at the spread of 20 technologies across 161 countries over the last 140 years, and it found evidence that geographic distance significantly slows the spread of new gadgets. It fits with the pattern we see with high-tech toilets. Strang says that after Japan, high-tech toilets have mostly spread to nations along the Pacific Rim. Hmm. For the last five years, Strang says, Toto has been featuring its technological innovations at the Consumer Electronics Show, and they've made a splash. Ha! Ha ha! Ha! 
That's a knee slapper. I feel like I should have a drum roll for that one. But um Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Toto has been featuring its technological innovations at the Consumer Electronics Show, and they've made a splash. Hopefully you guys heard that. Um, company showcase products such as its glistening, nearest NX2 dual flush toilet. What the fuck? It's got the standard bidet, a dryer, and a heated seat with temperature control. Uh, that way you don't burn yourself to the seat. But it also has a tornado flush system, bacterial neutralizing ultraviolet light, titanium dioxide fired toilet bowl, a remote control, a toilet seat that, oh, that, that is what I need. I need a toilet with a remote control so that I could steal the remote when somebody's using it because I know in my family, at least, if somebody, if you don't have something, you just kind of assume that it wasn't ever there in the first place. So I would steal the uh, remote to the toilet and then just mess with whoever was on the toilet. Most, probably Dom. If it's you, Dom, if you're listening, we need to get one of these so I can pull this prank on you. Because I know at some point you'll forget that the toilet had a remote control. And then you'll be sitting in there and I'll turn up the temperature control and burn your buns. Um, its toilet costs $17,300. Other Toto toilets and seats cost, cost much less, but the lofty price of Japanese-style toilets are another reason they not, might not be catching on. No shit. I w that one was not on purpose. I apologize for that one. That was a bad pun. Who wrote this masterpiece? Greg Rosalski. Good for you, Greg Rosalski. Let's look up and see if he has a Twitter. Just go ahead and shout him out on here. Because this is this is journalism at its finest. Greg Rosalski. There he is at Ellen's Wonk. E L L I S W O N K. What kind of tweets does this guy put out? Of course, everything is now about coronavirus, but let's go back before that happened and see what this guy was talking about. Obviously, it might have been toilets. Um, Jeez. Wow, he's really... He's active on tw on Twitter, so if you want an active follow, go ahead and follow at Ellen's Wonk. But he does a good job of making sure that all of his stuff has a lot of engagement by the headline. He's a clickbait artist. That's what he is. I mean, he is a clickbait artist, but there's a lot of those on, on Twitter. What's adding one more to it? Greg Rosalski wants us to have the comfort that we deserve to have when we're taking a shit, damn it. So, go ahead and follow that guy, and then maybe start a GoFundMe to make sure that all of these toilets make it into America. I think we'd spend way too, way even more time on the toilet. But these also might be the ones that are slanted so that you can't sit there long. 
I know that there was a, I think it was last year, there was a company that was introducing toilets that are slightly angled down so that it's not as comfortable of a position to sit for a long period of time because they had too many employees taking really long dumps on the clock. So instead of, you know, enforcing that you don't take a long dump on the clock, they just made it so that the toilets are slanted down towards the floor and that you'll, uh, your legs will go numb about three minutes in instead of five minutes, which sucks if you have a big one that you got to take. But, you know, go blame the person who played Angry Birds for half an hour while they were in the bathroom. <sighs> I don't know if there's going to be another topic to talk about that's going to be better than that one. I think that's where we should end this. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Center of Attention. This is episode 41. Thank you guys for your support on the last one, by the way. It jumped up to about 18 plays, which is four or five more than what we've been averaging. I'll take it. I don't know what was so different about that one, but you guys have also been really enjoying the episodes with the covers on the ends. Like I said, we don't have another one at this point. I have a couple that I recorded that's just me. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll look and see if one of those... You know what? Why not? I'll, I'll double-check now and see if uh, I have one that I would want. First, got to minimize all these damn tabs. Uh, it's warming up. Can you feel it? It's warming up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have one that I'd rather, that I really want to put out. Maybe <laughs> I'll do one more. I'll give you guys one more week of a cover. This one's just going to be me, and it's going to be Double XL um, by Keith Anderson. If you guys know the song, then you'll know why it's one of my favorites. We used to sing this a lot when I was younger playing football. Uh, because I was the biggest kid on the team. So that'll be the outro song for today. But before we get to that, like I said, somewhat towards the beginning. I know I missed it at the beginning. Follow the social medias at Jimmy Pilato, at COAPod73, at Proud underscore WAP on Instagram, at, tic- at Jimmy Pilato on TikTok. Like this episode of the podcast, share, subscribe to the podcast, rate, review. Let's get this building We've, we started, we got a foundation now. Let's continue to build this up and see where we can go with this thing. You guys are in this with me, I hope. Um, but yeah, this has been Center of Attention, episode 41. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. I am the your Center of Attention, the Italian Stallion, Jimmy Pilato. And yeah, catch you on the flip side. Well, mama was exhausted after she had me Took two nurses to hold me and one nurse to slap me 
Doctor turned to mama and he shook his head, wiped the sweat off his brow, and then he said, This boy's way off the charts as far as I can tell. Ooh, mama, he's a double XL. By the second grade, I was five foot two. Fifth grade, I was wearing a size 12 shoe. Eighth grade, I was shopping at the big and tall, and the coaches had me playing high school football. Uncle Roy said, boy, you'll make the NFL. Ooh, son, you're a double XL. Double XL, double XL. Don't call me on the phone, just ring my dinner bell. Double XL, double XL. I'm a lean, mean love machine that likes to be held. Baby, I'm a double XL. Oh! Here we go! Country cuties in Texas, string bikinis in Florida, Barbie dolls driving Lexus out in California. A skinny little pretty boy and what they wanna hold, they want a real man with meat on his bones. I'll yank their Yankees, ring their southern bells, they say, ooh, we love a double XL. Double XL, double XL, don't call me on the phone, just ring my dinner bell. Double XL, double XL, I'm a lean, mean love machine that likes to be held. Hooper, baby, I'm a double XL. Double XL solo. Well, double XL, double XL, don't call me on the phone, just ring my dinner bell. Double XL, double XL, I'm a lean, mean love machine that likes to be held. Whooper, baby, I'm a double XL. Well, if you have any doubts, Come see for yourself why all the girls love a double XL. Ooh, yeah, I'm a double XL. Hey, oh no. Triple XL, too.